0: hey what's going on this is the educated guest podcast and i'm justin your host hey if this is your first time listening i just want to say thanks so much for spending time with us and becoming a part of this community you know if you clicked on it if you clicked on this episode in particular then that means that you probably already saw that this is a virtual art school and you might be curious about what the return on the investment of your time will be and you know what will you get out of this whole thing and Why was it worth even spending 15 minutes, let alone an hour, let alone two hours sometimes with us, listening to these lectures? And the truth is that there is no direct return on investment. And you might be like, oh, well that, most people are pretty turned off by that, but that's okay. Because we're not in the business of transactional learning. We don't promise to make you 20% more on your salary at your job that you already hate. We don't promise to help you get the job that you think is gonna save your life. Instead, we're focused on equipping the artists of the next generation, and to some degree, this generation, with the proper timeless skill sets, tool sets, and mindsets that are gonna transform and completely change the way that you approach your career and your life. So what does that look like in practice? It looks like this. In three segments throughout every single week, we focus on the development of the mind, that comes in the form of our incomplete thoughts segment. And then we focus on the development of the tactics, the tools that comes in the form of our work study segment, which we'll share directly what we're learning as we're practicing. And then lastly, we'll share some stories of inspiration that comes in the form of our well-read segment. So every single week you can count on information that's gonna help you start a studio. that's gonna help you get more clear about building your portfolio, that's gonna help it, help you get the job that you not because you need it to save your life or save your self-esteem, but because you want it and you want to invite that into your life and into who you are as a complete being. And that's what we're all about. So if you want more information on that sort of thing, you can go to educated dash guest.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We don't bother you too much with um, emails and stuff, mostly because we don't like emails ourselves. And to that end, that is the end of the intro. Um, let's go ahead and get into it today. Today we're talking about coping versus creation. And I'm going to begin from an interesting place, perhaps. Um, just uh, hear me out on this one. So most people realize that one of the greatest double-edged swords of living in a, this like, hyper-connected world is the nature of accessibility. You know, Now more than ever, if you're anything like us, you realize that we have access to every vice possible every single vice, in addition to every single virtue. So as you might imagine, ignorance now becomes a choice. Ignorance becomes a choice. So the, the other part of that is that ignorance isn't so much of a choice as it is a preference. So what you call blind ignorance, others may call personal preference. It's the age-old argument now made public. And So now I know what you're thinking, perhaps if you're curious, or if you're anything like us, and if you're naturally skeptical, then what you are probably thinking is, what does this have to do with art? What does this have to do with design? And what does this have to do with craft? You know, if you're asking a lot of these questions, unfortunately, most people suffer from the same new problems when it comes to accessibility. The same problems. You're faced with this problem of once you move into a space of decision-making, conscious decision-making, then you begin to see all the things you shouldn't do. As an artist, as a designer, as a practitioner, we all remember walking into our fifth grade classroom and having a teacher go over an endless page of classroom rules. Immediately, you feel restrained. And then the problem here is that the human spirit wasn't meant for constraint. In fact, we're really wired for expansion. So if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, then you already know that the universe really began or at least became interesting approximately 13 billion years ago, right? Like, So imagine 13 billion years ago when it became expanding from almost an inconceivably hot, dense state. And ever since then, the universe has more or less continued in its long process of expansion and cooling the standard like Big Bang Theory stuff, if you're just not aware of that, Um, into what we see today, right? So this is the cosmological, if you will, (laughs) viewpoint of things. And the reason we're talking about all this stuff, regardless of how you unpack things or how quickly you realize that anything that you don't like um, is really based out of a sense of constraint. It's very literally, physically, and metaphysically against our nature to be constrained. So, as artists, as designers, anytime we start facing this idea of accessibility and seeing all these rules and these barriers and things like that, we start wanting to insulate ourselves. We start wanting to endure. And we start viewing this sense of endurance as a negative. Imagine running a marathon. And you don't even have to imagine running a marathon. For most people, imagine running one mile, four laps around a standard track. You're not worried about how to get the most out of that, how to create energy. You're worrying about how to cope with the pain. So let's pretend I ask you to reflect on this question. The question is, what is one way you can love others with your actions? What is one way you can love others with your actions? So imagine this question for a moment. Maybe write it down. Maybe make note of it, mental note. And as you reflect on it, pay attention to how you begin your next sentence. So maybe you picked up on your tendency to say things like, well, I could stop doing X and I'm not going to do Y and I could avoid saying Z. And most people would nod at those and say, Oh, that's a pretty, pretty honest critique. And they were uh pretty good ways to live, you know. And the problem is, and most people actually miss this, is that starting a sentence with stop, not, avoid, never, and eh, nope, eh, can't, won't, do all this stuff. It's called vice-obsessive. That's what I would call it. You're obsessed with the vice. And if you become vice-obsessive, Whether you're saying, I'm going to go do X thing that I know I shouldn't do, or you start your day by saying, I'm going to track how long I can go without X, Y, Z. Then wouldn't you say you're still giving that thing, that vice attention? So, for example, if you're in your craft and if you're out here just trying to get through the day and you know your vice is... Beer at the end of the day, or if you know your vice is too many glasses of wine, if you know your vice is TV in the middle of the day when you're working from home, if you know your vice is looking at Instagram before you look at your calendar, looking at looking at email before you journal, looking at TV before you get coffee, like all these different things. If your routine is out of whack and you're focused on, well, I'm not going to watch TV before I journal today. And if I don't do that, then it's a success. Some may call these things coping mechanisms. That's why the title of this episode is coping versus creation. And others may call it the stages of grieving, depending on which sort of school of thought you're coming from. The problem still here is that you know energy is powerful. Energy can't be created or destroyed, only transferred as we know. And this is why there are only and often specific steps that people offer to build positive habits. So what we're talking about today as you might be wondering is positivity in our habitual nature and how we how we view the habits, in which context do we view the habits that we're actually carrying out every day? You know, the problem you feel here is that you're still hanging on to what was and living in a state of pain anticipation. It's like driving a car, trying not to get in an accident instead of going to where you're going. And the number one point I want you to remember today is that self-discipline is not self-suppression. Self-discipline is not self-suppression. So if there's anything you can take out of the first nine to 10 minutes of our talk today, it's this. It's extremely, extremely important to remember that as you think about discipline, as you think about developing, the, developing the, the art and the science of discipline, you have to realize that suppression is when you resist and you fight against your desires, and you fight against that need to like go get some french fries in the middle of the day. And you keep them buried and unexpressed as possible. However in in in, in contrast self discipline is when your highest desires rule your lesser desires you're not really concerned about watching TV because you you got something better to focus on Don't you think that the same level of focus that you use to spiral downhill into a slob eating potato chips and watching TV every day when you know you could sketch or you know you could journal you know you could write you know you could get a line out you know you could record something you know you could open up illustrator like these are the higher desires that we all have we're beings that were created to create we weren't created to endure so as you face difficulty as you face tough circumstances my simple ask of you today is to reorient your mind into a place of positive focused and transformative actions to be taken You know, everyone lives their day-to-day life with an understanding of jobs to be done. So why not give yourself a different job to do? For example, instead of celebrating how many days you've gone without Instagram or Facebook on your phone and simply stopping there, create a new metric. Why don't you create a new metric that guides you positively to where you want to go? There's an old saying that the wake of a ship only tells a story of where the boat has been. And that's it. So, as you create this new metric, celebrate how many new sketches you've done. Celebrate how many new clients you've pitched to. Celebrate how many new partnerships you've done. Celebrate how you've impacted people with your supernatural ability. Celebrate how many people you've taught and shared your energy with. So this is a super short and super to the point lecture today. And I just want to remind you that the time is now yours. I'm here to tell you that what, what you do with it is completely up to you. So why not go for it? Be wise. And create. That's all for today. I hope this helped you get a positive start to your week, a positive start to your month, a positive start to your year. It's never too late to decide where you want to start. So I'll talk to you soon. Peace.